Yar. Due to the subject matter of this episode, I've been asked to put a content warning on it. When you hear the beep, you're gonna have 10 seconds to change the episode. Or else, yar. It's a Dungeons and Dragons podcast that'll really make you think. We're spicing up the rules, mashing up the homebrews, and stirring up the debates. Add a little touch of our own, and you have Chef Bolg and the Pirate Captain's Recipes for Everything. With your host, the Pirate Captain. It's not because I took on an entire ship by myself and walked away unscathed just off good looks alone. Chef Bolg. I have in my rules for the original AG. Don't be a dick. And Loke the Bard. Lock the Bard. Bans all bards from his campaign. That wouldn't go over very well. And without further ado, here are your hosts. Well, that's right. We're back at it again for another fun-filled adventure with me and my bestest buddy, Bog. That's me, Ray. Ha ha. Yes. And Loke, of course. Loke the Bard. The sexy one. Are you really that sexy? Yes. I mean, ah, that doesn't mean you're sexy. I think it does. I don't think so. I mean, I did a a stripper pole dance that once made, you know, straight people gay. That is true. (laughs) I was, weirdly enough, throwing my own 20s in there. God word. Anyway, this is Chef Bog and the Pirate Captain's Recipes for Everything. I am the titular Pirate Captain. With me, as always, my best buddy, Bog. That's me. (laughs) 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 Oh, that movie's going to be good. I haven't seen it yet. That's on my list of things to see. Settle down, baby. Wow. And Loke the Bard, of course. Nothing? Of course. Of course. Of course. Of course. Uh, This is Chef Bog and the Pirate Captain's Recipes for Everything. You can find us on Facebook, Chef Bog and the Pirate Captain's Recipes for Everything. You can email us. BolganPC at gmail.com. All the ways to contact us, reach out to us, interact with us. We're always doing that. We've got the YouTube page. We have the website we're working on. There's all sorts of stuff coming down the line. Make sure you guys stay tuned and always look out for us. But I also want to go ahead and shout out our sponsor for this video, the Red Dragons Workshop Studio. We had them in early in June. It was the first episode of June. They do some amazing work. They also do uh, painting workshops. If you want something 3D printed, you're going to want to talk to the guys at Red Dragons Workshop Studio. Find them on Facebook. Send them an email, reddragonworkshop at yahoo.com. Let them know what you want, and they're going to help you make out the best figurine that you can possibly have. If you want a whole 3D world printed so you can play the game right there, Talk to these guys. Interactive maps that uh, work together. It's all magnetic based, so it can come apart and be put together real easy. And the, the minis is what I'm impressed by. If you guys go to the our Facebook page, we shared the photo of we shared their photos that they work on, and we also have what they gave us as a gift. Uh, and that's why we're out shouting out Red Dragons Workshop Studio. With that being said, what are you guys up to today? I feel like this is kind of like more of a low key casual episode, you know? A little uh, bit. I mean, we just uh, we did just. Casual, oh. Loki, a Loki. Always trying to bring it out to you. Not like the, key, not like, like to the sponsor that we were talking about all throughout lunch just a bit ago, which we won't mention on now because now we'll actually get in trouble. <laughs> but it might be a little more Loki because we we had a little bit of drink at lunch. Uh, yeah. a little bit. Yeah, it, this is definitely more of a. I, 
D&D things. We didn't even talk about it, actually. We were more political when we were talking during lunch, and we decided, like, hey, this is not where we want to take this podcast, so we're going to keep it that way. But I do want to talk about, you know, D&D stuff. Uh, yeah, there you go. I, honestly, I've been absolutely plastered. Even when we started playing at the shop over in, where is that, Largo? Largo. Uh, I've been plastered walking into that shop and playing D&D, and it's probably one of my favorite ways to play this game. Yeah. Well, my regular Friday night game that I'd played in before I met you guys, back when I was still in the, the military. Back when he uh, was cool. Yeah, back when he was cool. <laughs> and he had a cowboy hat, apparently. Yeah. Not back then. But anyway, uh, that regular Friday night game, you were expected to bring your six-pack, your bottle of Jack, whatever you were, were going to be drinking, and the game ended when people were too drunk to actually continue playing. <laughs> I mean, even when we play at, uh, at our house... You're more than welcome to have access yeah. to alcohol. I, I think it's funny because, like, most of you guys, when we actually go to different houses, there's only one house, and that's with, oh, what what was his name? Niggle Wart? Not Niggle Wart. Niggle, Wart, uh, Niggle Wart's your dad. He He's always had beer in the fridge for me. You have <laughs> beer in the fridge for me. This is it's my very own best friend, and I'm trying to think of which character he went with. It was uh, a- Felix Fizzlebaum. Yeah. Uh, Murphy. Felix. No, it was Felix. It was Felix Fizzlebaum. Yeah. Felix Fizzlebaum. Uh, doesn't carry any beer in the fridge for me. And it's weird because he's my best friend, and he doesn't do that. But your dad does. Your dad actually had a whole fridge in the house. I haven't been to his new house uh, since he moved, but in his old house he did, and I knew exactly where to go in, and there was always beer in the fridge for me. Well, that was that extra fridge, which is now our extra fridge, which is where that beer is. So So if I go to your dad's place and he doesn't have beer in the fridge for me, I'm very much going to be upset. I don't think he does. You better get that. Uh, don't make me call your mom because your mom loves me. Everybody yeah. loves me, and I don't know why. I'm an asshole. <laughs> I really am. The pirate captain is a dick. I, I I think the main reason we don't drink as heavily these days is the distances. Yeah. yeah we're guys tra- to drive. Like, uh, I, if, when you guys are playing at my house, I'll have a few drinks, but that's because it's my house. Yeah, I can you don't just have to go, anywhere. go to bed. Oh, I'll know. still drink you. It doesn't matter like where, said, how far the, the distance. The, the game, I, the Friday night game I was talking about when I was in the military, we all lived on base, and I would walk from one on-base house to the other that's on-base a, house that's a, and that's not a good, have uh, to worry about driving afterwards. That's a, I mean, you're spending time in the barracks. That's the idea. That's yeah. a good good uh, tip for new at-home DM, DMs is have some place for your friends to crash. That way, if they want to drink, they can. Yeah. Uh, it's not even so much to drink because these games go on for hours, absolute yeah. hours. So I, like... I, I've been a drinker for a long time. I've been drunk since even before high school. I mean, don't tell my mom. I don't even think she listens, so it's okay. But Pirate Captain's mom. He's yeah, drunk. Like, <laughs> not again. I can always, like, I can expect my mom, like, if I were to picture my mom in an episode of this, it would be uh, Mrs. Krabs from SpongeBob. <laughs> it, it would just be the voice of Mr. Krabs with, like, a flange on it to make it sound higher. <laughs> Nothing? No. That's terrible. <laughs> I, like, my mom doesn't sound like that, but. Anyway, she like I've been drinking since middle school. All right, I was in a, I grew up in a small town. That was the idea. All right, you had nothing better to do. What are you gonna do? Drink. So I've uh, been drinking since then. In fact, when I got back from both my deployments, I drank all the time. Uh, I spent like two weeks worth of pay uh, at a bar in two nights. I was buying for friends, but now when you go out to your friends and stuff like that, it, it does it. It helps with the game sometimes. I can tell you, I've I've had better characters that I've been smashed with, and just better role player. When you're when you're more relaxed, you're you're more willing to take the risks and and just have the fun role play experience. 
that you might not have when you're your your straight laced self. <laughs> <laughs> not that anybody in this room is really the uptight straight laced type, but uh have we... me, I only drink prosecco. Have we ever <laughs> <laughs> have we ever had anybody that's been like that uptight about us? No. They didn't last oh, long oh, with oh. our group. Well, uh, we well not that played with us, but when we went to the Sarasota uh, Ren Fair, they were a little like, who are these drunk people that are down from Tampa? <laughs> that, uh, yeah. When, so we were, I didn't... when we were still playing in the game store, I remember there's a couple times where we had people who showed up for one one session and never came back, and they were like, this this isn't what... This isn't what the kind of game I'm looking for. They were just the more straight I didn't like the dark jokes, and I don't yeah. like the pirate captain. Yes. Arr, well, no one asked what you thought, really. But, it, it, I mean, we've never had those. Um, and I'm trying to think of... Yeah, that, that shop, though, you can hear it from across the shop. My character's got a 12-inch penis. It's and huge, <laughs> and I don't know what to do with it in both hands. Yeah, it... Yeah. But uh, there were people that would come in, you know, little kids, and we were smart enough to shut up, you know, and maybe be a little more respectful, a little. Yeah. little being operative, but, um, you know, I, we, 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 uh, we were known for sneaking in drinks for that. Yeah, I, I remember you having rum and Coke most of the time there, yeah, Pirate Captain. Absolutely. It's a drink of yeah. men. But, you, you know, we've talked about how we've done events like RenFest in the past. I can't believe you guys got uh, booted from, I almost booted from Sarasota RenFest. Like, it, it really takes a special somebody. And uh, let's call this the Charisma and Drunks episode. Charisma and Drunks, because <laughs> we've all been drunk and done events together. We now, you know, we just actually had a few drinks coming into this episode. Wasn't sure what we were going to really do in this one. This one's kind of like a throwaway. And I like that. And let's treat it that way. Uh, I, I'm the only person I've known. Uh, and my girlfriend, the pirate captain wench, uh, the pirate captain's wench, uh, she she'll tell you that I've gotten high fives for calling people assholes, and it works. But you, we went to it was our first year at Tampa Renfest, and we held uh, the knee our niece, um, because daughter Nugget, up on <laughs> our shoulders, and as we yeah. walked through this thing, we were make way for the princess. Shows stopped, and I'm talking like to a dead stop, bowing bowing to her. As if it was like a part of the whole festival. No one knew. No one cared. In a stroller. It's not like she had a palanquin. It was a yeah. stroller. Yeah. We, we lift, each lifted a, a wheel of the stroller as if it were a palanquin, but it, it clearly was not. Yeah. Hey, even but, Mr. Producer over there was part of that. Yeah. Mr. Producer. The silent man of the hour. But people are going to think that this guy doesn't exist. I'm just going <laughs> to go Just there. referencing some oh, guy. Yeah, just yeah. referencing some imaginary guy. And maybe but, we are. They never know. <laughs> theater of the mind but uh yeah no the whole show stopped and it was me being the loudest as i always is and the drunkest too as i usually am and oh dude we were all smashed there's photos i have of us on facebook even there Loke the bards passed out in the back of my car i'm trying to talk mr producer into joining the army as we're on our way back to the store to go play D for the night because we weren't gonna miss D D just because we were drunk yeah um, yep but that's uh, it's a fun thing. You never know what you're going to expect. Yeah. This is what we do when we have like a throwaway episode. We go get drunk at the bar and yeah. come here and we're like, all right, let's, let's see what we got with this. And, and just for the record, for those listening, we did have designated drivers and we're doing all the safe. Oh, thanks to make us sound like a pair of bitches. Yep, yep, yep. I got to got, gotta, gotta protect, protect the show from future lawsuits. <laughs> I'm putting on the rules lawyer cap. 
How many times am I going to have to tell you it was one time, all right? You plow through a child's uh... birthday party. <laughs> At least we got cake. <laughs> all over the windshield. It was cake. I mean, I'm not above licking it off, but. <laughs> yeah. They were pretty pissed off that we stopped to do that, but. <laughs> oh, no, that never really happened. But, yeah, we do. We, we take it easy. But it's a good time. Like, I think. I. If you could make a drinking game out of D and D, what would you make it? What would it be? Oh, like easy ones, nat twenties and ones. You no, got, you I don't think that's. Shot. But you got like a one in two hundred chance. Well, that's a, that's taking a shot though. Taking just a drink of a beer or something whenever you miss an attack. Missing an attack is a good one. Yeah. I like that. Like every time you, every time you miss an attack. Ooh, ooh, you get a shot every time you roll a nat twenty. You have to take a double if you roll a one. <laughs> yeah, but you, how often do you roll a nat twenty? Uh, last game I rolled. We know you cheat, so it's okay. <laughs> Wasn't look. How often do you roll in that twenty? Let's get an honest answer over here. I mean, there's a couple per night, but you also. I mean, that's just to start with. That's yeah, Mr. That's, Producer. I roll a lot of ones though. See, so show me on uh, show me on your fingers how many times he's bound and gag. Loke had to bound and gag him again before he came in the studio. How often do you roll in that twenty? Yeah, there's only one glamour bard allowed in to speak in this microphone. <laughs> get on the mic. Come on. His first time on the mic, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not very lucky. <laughs> <laughs> so th- there, there you go. That's not. It's not like I think the math. Me and Bacall, we took the same math class at some point, and mm-hmm. so we were sitting there. We always used to have fun, like rolling like the stat. Like, what are the stat chances you're going to roll this? And we do the math, and we and he correct because he's way he's way quicker at math than I am. But you know, I'm damn it. I can't even say I'm sexier. He's got that hair. He's got, got that freaking hair. Damn it. Those luscious feathers. Freaking luscious feathers, man. <laughs> I, I'm the baldest pirate I've ever met. But anyway, so you have, uh, we, we figured it out. You actually have a very low chance of really rolling either of those dice. Yeah. So I, it, it wouldn't be a fun drinking game. I like the uh, hit or miss how many thing. rolls you're doing, though, too. I would make a drinking game after somebody casting uh, like a top 10 spell list. Like you have, t- everybody picks like a, a top ten spells they could see somebody else picking, like a bingo card, and then every time somebody casts like fireball or healing word, and you just cross Ooh. off your bingo card. What if you made it themed as well? Like if somebody ca- casts a thing of fireball, you have to take a double of fireball. Ooh, okay, dude, we'd be all wrecked by the end of the night. Yeah. Hunters, I like mar- they have D and D cocktails that my wife and I have looked up and made. For like Hunter's Mark, but and think, they are delicious. But think about like doing uh, like a a bingo card though with that with like th- and not even just spells, maybe actions. Remember we had that guy that was always about the bow shot. Yeah. It was the weirdest thing is that he would never say it's like I'm just gonna I'm gonna shoot it with a bow. No, I'm gonna yeah, take, take a, a bow, bow shot. shot, a bow shot, take a bow shot. And that's and, actually what I want to make a drink now. It's the the pirate captain and the chef Bogues thing of uh, bow shot. The bow shot. I'll, he I'll might make that to this podcast. Really. It's possible. He well, if he does, then he can email us bulgpc well, at gmail.com. Uh, well, let's let's do it as it is. Hi, Bowshot. Hi, Bowshot. Hi, Bowshot. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. Like you end up having you end up having that guy. You, you knew he was going to do it. Yeah. So everybody makes a bingo card of like what they're like as everybody but the DM or the DM makes it because he knows the players better than anybody. One one thing for each player tick. Yeah, and you have to make a couple because a uh, bingo cards is twenty five uh, is twenty five squares. So you have to have a each player kind of gets like three or four, so you have it evened out. Even the DM gets in on it, mm-hmm. and anything that they say, or you have the players fill out a bingo card of what they do. They're trying to win bingo, 
but at the same time, they're taking shots. I think that's actually a pretty fun drinking bingo game. You want to get really messed up really quick? Somebody who's not the pirate captain playing well, uh, Warlock, and whenever they cast Eldritch Blast, it's a shot of moonshine. Yeah, you'd never... <laughs> <laughs> Everybody else is, co- is stone-cold sober but me. <laughs> I, I, like, I... Eldritch Blast just isn't that fun of... Like, it's a great spell, but I, there was a video I watched on YouTube, and I thought this guy made a good point that it should be a class feature for yeah. Warlock. And I think that... Because everybody else wants that spell because it's the most powerful cantrip. Well, that and the way the Warlock's invocations... So many of them depend on you having that particular And then you become cantrip. the Hexblade. Yeah, that you have to... That, anytime a choice becomes so obvious and so almost mandatory... It should not be a choice. It should automatically part of like a class feature or something. You get, yeah. You get, oh. you get at level one Eldritch Blast as, as upon taking the class Warlock. Period. Yeah, I and I don't want to get too far away for because we're talking about drinking and charisma yeah. in this one. But I like I, I think that's the way it goes. We'll save that one for another episode. Like, but I could see it because how many other people are like. I, it, I tell you what, it's a single shot for any Warlock in the party that uses Eldritch Blast, but it's a double shot. Uh, for any other that's not the warlock class, and a triple shot if it's a bard. Yeah, I, I'd like see if I, I if we were going to do a D and D drinking game, I'd like it more along the lines of the you know the thumb on the nose type, where if the eldritch Bla- if anytime somebody uses eldritch blast, the last person to put their their finger on their nose or whatever the hand signal or you decide to use, whoever's the last one to do it has to do the shot. That <laughs> way, it's not the the warlock then is encouraged. Shot, shot, shot. Eldritch <laughs> Blast, Eldritch Blast, Eldritch Blast. Speaking out of character out of about an in-game moment, finish your drink. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that would be good. Anything out of character, everybody, it, it signals a... Uh, the thing is, the more drunk you get, <laughs> the Mr. more Pro- you're going to do it. <laughs> Mr. Producer's got uh, uh, got the meme up for us. It uh, Say the line, Warlock. I use, I use Eldritch, Eldritch Blast. blast. Ah! <laughs> oh, <laughs> share, uh, we'll share that to the Facebook. But... Um, yeah, no, I, there, there's all sorts of, like, tongue-in-cheek things that you could do. Like, uh, uh, Druid's using, I don't know, Druid's using Wild Shape isn't, like, I played uh, Druid of the Spores, <laughs> and I like Druid of the Spores the best, because I'm I'm a, I'm somebody who enjoys, like, the poison-style gameplay. Granted, everything's immune to poison, the bastards. Yeah. But I would I would do that. Like, so I think, that what something other than Eldritch Blast, what would you see? Hey, not raging barbarians, because that's obviously stupid too. I'm a bard that. tries to seduce somebody; they Ooh. have to finish a sex on the beach before they can sed- they can do it. You before you can even roll to attempt yeah. to do it. Yep. And if the if the encounter's over by then, too bad. Oh man, you had Sorry. your shot. <laughs> you had your drink. Yeah. <laughs> I I could see that. That would be fun. I think it would be funnier with girly drinks than like yeah. just straight beer. Oh, or dude, something. I like fruity drinks anyway. Like fruity, you're, you're gonna get more jacked up off a fruity <laughs> drink than you will of any you like want, straight. You want to rage? You want to rage, barbarian? You got to finish this appletini. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I, dude. I, I honestly would. I could see like a. You guys seen Scrubs, right? Yeah. yeah. You got JD, obviously the Appletini and JD's favorite drink and stuff like that. I could see that, but somebody like a Doctor Cox uh, personality comes in and it's just like this is bald. <laughs> drinks his appletini and, and rages. And, that kind of person is much more likely to play the barbarian. It's <laughs> even more fun. Yeah. Uh, we, okay. What say you, Luke? What would you, if you could create a drinking game off of somebody? What would off you? Off of somebody or but something. Anytime the rogue tries to pick somebody's pocket. How often does that happen? Even in your games? Freaking all the time. They think they're. They think because they're a rogue of some kind, they have to steal from the party, steal from the. 
the shop, steal from the... 100% be honest, in the last few sessions, how many times has that, has that actually truly happened? We've had no rogues in the last few sessions. Oh. All right, well, I know what I'm creating. Yeah. Gotta, I, I mean, I, I gotta live up to the hype. Yeah. I mean, I am the roguish anyway. I am a swashbuckler rogue. Yeah. How many times when you have a rogue in the party, are they stealing from the party themselves? A lot. A I lot. could say that, so yeah. Yeah. Does it count as stealing from the party if you're yeah. just skimming from the top? Yes. Yes. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Fenris Fen stole a lot. I, yeah. I I had a rogue that stole gold. And that was it. Mm-hmm. He wasn't interested in like materials, but he just wanted gold. Why? Right. I want to go buy an island. I want to go live by myself on my island. <laughs> yeah. You wanted to buy an island. I made a city from the ground up. You destroyed a city. I rebuilt the city from the ground up <laughs> okay. with money I still had from the campaign. Yeah. It's still not as good as me. Uh, absolutely taking uh, everything that you had dropped out of a pair of pants, stuffing it in the pants of an unconscious body, carrying him down a flight uh, flight of stairs of a castle, throwing him across the wall, shanghaiing a ship, and becoming the greatest known pirates ever to sail the world. So said you. I mean, that's the only thing I ever need, drinking game one right Almost look you like you took over an entire <laughs> pirate yeah. ship with nothing but your good looks alone. I, I feel like that's exactly <laughs> what happened. <laughs> oh, man. I, I tell you what, that's my drinking game. That's my bingo card thing. Referencing the dick face pirates. Well, in our group, that would come up oh, a lot. Oh, you, you reference the dick, sh- dick face pirates, you got to take a cum shot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what's in that shot? Um, milk, um, vodka. I don't remember what's in it. Mr. Uh, Mr. Producer, producer, could you look it up? <laughs> Mr. Producer, what's in a milk shot? We'll come back to Mr. Producer. He wasn't ready. He wasn't ready for a cum shot. We're going to have to make this episode explicit. (laughs) Oh, man. And we wanted to drink. Yeah. yeah. There's so many fun drinking games that you could play. The one who's the bard is shaking his head at this. A blowjob shot consists of a half ounce of amaretto liquor. We're not looking for a blowjob. We want a cum shot. There's a difference. I'll be back. (laughs) (laughs) I bet you will. Oh, this is the first episode where the produ- Mr. Producer actually gets to talk, and this is and all we're getting him to do is talk about dirty things. <laughs> this dirty is things a low-heavy are... episode, isn't it? <laughs> no, not really. I mean, damn bards. That would that, that's a, I mean, kind of an esoteric question. What what would your character's favorite drink be? All right, what what do you got? The cum shot is one part rum cream and one part fireball whiskey. Oh. <laughs> Oh, and you got to drink that whenever you reference the Dick Face <laughs> Pirates. <laughs> That's a rough one. Yeah. Oh, man, you're going to be jacked up by the twi- by first 30 minutes of the game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Come shots are rough. Some shots are rough. That's oh, so, man. Yeah, this one's definitely getting an explicit <laughs> warning. So, so yeah, uh, uh, your character, Pirate Captain Loke the Bar Bolg, what would your favorite uh, drink be? Hmm. I, it can't be something. It can't be something basic. Like I'm not gonna yeah, go see, and tell you it's a rum and coke. Yeah, that, that's what I was gonna say. It, it'd be easy to go with like the the sex on the beach or the. Well, that's why it's based know. more on your personality and stuff like that. Yeah. That, oh, let that me uh, let be, me pull up a list of drinks real quick. Uh, I just I don't know because fantasy drink. I I think it would have to be something fantastical, like uh, like a mana potion, like a mana. But, it's. I think it's a one of the ones we looked up. Hold on, like, hold on, right there, because that that's going to leave me. That's a created drink. If you could create a drink based off your character, I'm just looking for a basic. Oh, I've already drink. got that. Thank you very much. Yeah, I've okay, got three yeah. or four of them. Okay, but hold on. Yeah. So, 
Uh, you you just gotta pick a drink based off of you, like what your <laughs> character, like what you would find. You go into the bar. There are three strapping gentlemen and the pirate captain sitting at the bar. What do you find them drinking? I I, I think Loke would probably be drinking something fruity, uh, kind of a like a wine spritzer or, you know. Sounds like a bitch drink to yes, me. Yes, because he he's kind of the he's a glamour bard. Uh, that you know, actually, what you've got pulled up right now is what Bull would be drinking because uh, it's I, it's kind of fancy, but it's also down home beer and champagne, the black velvet. Mister Producer, what do you got? I think the pirate captain would clearly be drinking the blood and sand whiskey. Blood and sand. What the hell is that? That's right there. <laughs> oh, blood and sand. Okay, hold on. All right. So what do you what did you want to drink there, Bull? The black velvet. The black velvet. Where is that? Where do you see that at? It's right below, right there. Yep. All right, so I got that, and I got the blood and sand. All right, so Bogue's Black Velvet Cocktail. The Black Velvet is an interesting uh, mixed drink that combines champagne and uh, dark beer in a single glass. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely you. <laughs> I, like, I'm, dude, you didn't eat, did you even know what that was before we clicked on it? Because we were, oh, okay. so we were looking at the Spruce Eats. It's an A to Z uh, <laughs> cocktail recipe collection, and he's like, that sounds like something I would. Uh, Mr. Producer thinks that I... I'm a blood and sand cocktail. Blood and sand is one of the few scot. Yeah, you got me there. It's scotch. God damn, Mr. Producer. That's brilliant. I do love a good scotch. It should be considered a classic. The complete history is somewhat shaky, but it, 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 yo, but it's accepted that it was inspired by the movie Blood and Sand, the original film produced in 1920, starring Rudolph Valentino. What is in it? The cocktail is beautiful and with a touch of sweet citrus, cherry liqueur. Great substitution for brandy because it has more natural cherry flavor in many today's all right, round of applause there, Mister uh, Mister Producer. Yeah, and you know, real real world, not Loke the Bard, the character. I would probably go more of an ale type, you know, beer. Um, We're not talking about the real. You. We all know that you're a very yeah, something kind boring. Of guy. Something boring. I'm a boring kind of person. Yeah, but Loke the Bard is very uh, comes with very that. flamboyant. Very. What does the blood and sand come with, there, hero? <laughs> Freshly squeezed orange juice, which is great for the scurvy. You get scurvy. One, you give scurvy to him one time, and apparently you're marked for life. Ah, man, I tell but you. For those of you who follow the Facebook page, you know I've already posted a couple of drink recipes on yeah, there. Absolutely. The the Grung Blood cocktail, which is uh, cranberry juice, grenadine, uh, cherry brandy, or uh, amaretto and bourbon, and cola, and it's a nice sweet tart drink. I, I would call I, if I could create a drink for me, it'd be overboard, and it'd be a, like a uh, some kind of like sangria mix or something. I think that would be great. Just call it the overboard because every yeah. time you drink sangria, you feel like you're on the ocean. Well, and well, my uh, for bulk it would be the Elf Blood Mead because it's it's just mead with uh, pomegranate. And yeah, it, it came out. It's it's a little bit more of a dry mead, but it's very drinkable, very tasty. <laughs> Nothing. I've I've given several for for Loke already. So, but if Loke had to make a drink, yeah, you had to make a drink right now. Make a drink uh, for the for the crew. Something with a lot of ice, like a, a margarita type. <laughs> something just fruity. <laughs> something <with> fruity. <laughs> something very fruity. This is the fruity. man. This is the man. If you go back to his original episode and he tells you the story, he was out there slaying princesses, and yeah, now he's like, you know what? I think I would be in a margarita type guy. How about the uh, the upside down pineapple? Those of you who get that reference, um, yeah. I, hi, but uh, it's uh, blended pineapple, prosecco, and uh, tequila—basically a margarita, but more fruity and uh, yeah. sweet than other drinks. Because I'm just thinking, you know, he's he's a bard, 
very uh, out there, very bombastic personality. Yes, he's slaying princesses. Uh, you know, winds up he's slaying princesses <laughs> and laying dragons. <laughs> exactly. That's a bard. That's the most bardest <laughs> thing I've ever actually been able to like. Yeah, yeah and that, that's the thing. He was the stereotypical where you know, instead of fighting the bad guys, he's there trying to seduce the women. Uh, you know, a lot of the girls aren't drinking the the hard liquor. If you're drinking, you you roll up with them with some whiskey. It takes a special kind of girl to drink that whiskey. You roll up with them with the little white wine spritzer. That princess will drink a white wine spritzer with you. Not when you're the goddamn pirate captain. I walk up in there and I was like, ladies, I'm bald. <laughs> and they're like, all right, I'd like to see where this is going. Yeah. I also posted the the worm fire mead, which is hot honey mixed in with the regular honey for the mead, which was spicy. Look, if you ever meet a uh, bold out in real life and he offers you something, I'm going to tell you, Make sure it's still got the seal on it, because I'm going to tell you there have been some nights I wake up and I'm like, man, my butt sure hurts. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> oh, no, it's not true at all. But uh, he does. He actually makes some pretty good drinks out there. I've had uh, your, your mead that you had for everybody and you gave it out, and you're like, this is my first one. I was like, all right, man, I remember my first drink. It was pretty good. It didn't uh, get me jacked up, but it was pretty good. And the newest one I have is a pineapple mead that's really quite good. Even my wife likes it, and she doesn't like mead. And then I've got a pineapple cider that I've got to make. Yeah. Yeah, finish tra- transferring over. I almost didn't hear the D at the end of that. <laughs> <laughs> My wife doesn't even like me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> Nobody, we get it. She yeah. can't escape. <laughs> we get it. You know, Loke's still lonely. He's still trying to woo yeah. the uh, the mountain. <laughs> we were talking about I'll the mountain. Climb earlier. that mountain someday. <laughs> <laughs> now we really can't show show the <laughs> Mr. Producer's mom. <laughs> She's gonna hate. She's gonna hate y'all. She ain't never met y'all. She liked me. We went uh, to a, to- a comedy club and uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Can uh, can the mountain be in a podcast? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. The mountain absolutely can. Oh can yeah, talk. We gotta explain because she would be the best person to have like an episode about like, hey, how do you let your kid hang out with grown men? <laughs> <laughs> How, how do you feel about the fact that when your kid was 16, somebody in this very room uh, made them make a wish to become the greatest wanker in the world? Yeah, this is gonna be, that's <laughs> going to be a good episode. People are going to be like, look, I don't care. You could literally have on Matt Mercer himself, but I want to know what the mountain <laughs> has to say. It would be an awkward first date, though. <laughs> yeah, it would. Yeah. <laughs> there's this long-running joke, for those of you listening, there's a long-running joke about having um, – it, Mr. Producer is more like a little brother to most of us. Uh, and to certain people, it's like a, a, a either yeah. a son or a nephew-like figure. And I was explaining this to the pirate wench. Um, she was like, so what, is, so what is Mr. Producer to you? I was like, well, he's more like a little brother. You know, he's somebody uh, that we've kind of guided and said, hey, don't do that. We did that. Trust me, you're not going to like that. So most of us, he is. He's like the little brother uh, with... Loke the Bard, he's he, far enough to be a kid. Well, yeah, he actually literally falls in the age right between my two kids. Yeah. Um, so he literally could be my kid age-wise. <laughs> <laughs> and so we always had this running joke um, that obviously nobody but me has actually ever met the mountain. And a very nice lady, we saw her, we met her at a comedy club. It was like a one in a million chance. And he was like, hey, Mom, you got to get back in the truck. You got to get back in the truck. You got to go. He's here. I never thought he'd be here, but he's here. Yeah. 
Yeah, my, you, you coincidentally met her. You it doesn't matter. You. I still met her. So I, I pulled into the parking lot and I pulled in next to her and she gets out of the car. I get out of the car. I get out of my car. She gets out of her car. She because I couldn't around. carpool. <laughs> she turns around and she sees me hugging a random man in a parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> that be me. The random man that goes up and hugs strangers. I don't know what was going through her mind. <laughs> I don't think she does either. Oh. Who's this weird man hugging my child? Of course, she was also on the line when Baka and I were playing Rocket League and we referred to him as a sexual piece of chocolate. Yeah, the mountain's got to be... That was beautiful. A, uh, you, you, be on the, the look out for my book coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Producer, the boulder story. But it, it, it is. So I, I got to meet her, which is more than you guys can say. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely more than you guys can say. So I'm going to hold on to that and, legend. And I think that's part of where the joke comes from, though. I have no idea what her relationship status, what she even looks like. <laughs> she, she's I've nice. never, she's never met this person, never spoke, never heard the voice, never seen a picture. <laughs> That's but a step so up. the running joke has always been that I'm going to marry this woman. <laughs> See, I've, I've got to step above him because I've heard the voice before. <laughs> he hasn't heard the voice. I haven't seen her. Yeah. Yeah. So the the running joke is I'm going to be his stepdad. The pirate captain still running as the grand champion of meeting the only one to conquer the mountain. Oh, God. (laughs) And that right there will be the promo for that episode. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. But so, yeah, no, nice lady. And, And that's been the running joke. So now we have like the father figure of Mr. Producer. And, you know, one day he'll actually get to be the father of Mr. Producer as he meets the mountain. What do you got to say, Mr. Producer? The, uh, the boulder was already taken, so I'm going with Mr. Producer for, to, uh, <laughs> to avoid copyright uh, uh, violations. I, I'm conflicted about that. As am I. As am I. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who's really going to sue us? We couldn't even get sponsored by, you know... Uh, no, no, don't say it. Don't say it. In case they, they do, they haven't paid us yet. Don't say it. We figured out that they pay like what four grand for a sponsorship. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Sponsor well, us, please, unnamed sponsor person. Yeah, if you if you are interested in sponsoring the Bulgan PC recipes for everything, send us an email. We'll actually or a check. <laughs> yeah, just send a check. It'll be yeah. awesome. And then we can then we can really have nice guests like the mountain on. <laughs> oh, this is gonna not be to a- say our guests are, haven't been good. I, in fact, I just like when they when they got uh, on the podcast, I sent them an email that day to get a miniature the the, the Red Dragons workshop. Yeah. So yeah, it, it, I messaged them that day. To get a mini from them, because the one they, we got was such high quality. Oh, yeah. So this episode is definitely a big thank you to them. Oh, it's a, it's a straight up. It's sponsored by the Red Dragon Workshop, yeah. so I have to throw it out to them right now. Red Dragon Workshop, make sure you guys go find them on Facebook. Email them, reddragonworkshop at yahoo.com. They're going to be able to hook you up with the most detailed miniature you can. If you have something already in mind, you can build it on Hero Forge and buy their STL file. This isn't a shout-out to a Hero Forge, but build what you want. Get to these guys, they're going to take it and put it a step beyond what you can imagine. So, so, speaking of miniature, it doesn't mention it at all, but what would be the worst mistake that you guys made while drunk playing D&D? Oh, that's actually a good question. Uh, worst mistake that I could ever... Um, like try have- to jump through a barred window. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Let's just pick something random off the top of me head. Yeah. 
I don't know, playing with an ex-girlfriend who wasn't interested in <laughs> D&D at all. She wasn't my ex at the time, I she swear. Was, yeah, she wasn't an ex at the time. but Playing in a was. game in which the end of the world was at stake and then causing the end of the world. <laughs> <laughs> That's every game, though. Yeah. Every game the world. So I'm at drunk at the last game of every game. Whatever. This is why we have to have our, our morality there. We call him Bacaw. No, yeah. seriously, I think I, I, I was pretty smashed the night that I tried to jump through. And this is right before COVID started. And I had shown up. I was fr- coming from work or something or another. I was just smashed as hell. And I show up at the shop. And I come in. And I was like, all right, here's what I'm going to do. All right. And I do it just like he would. Like, I'm, I'm looking at this imaginary window. And I was like, all right, uh, head first charge into there. Because I'm trying to cut off the enemies that are running away. And I, he's like, all right, roll. And I was like, cool, I got a, like a 17. And he goes, yeah, those were metal cage windows. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> he goes, yeah, I wasn't going to tell you. I was just going to see where this played out. Yeah, it's what happens when you're in bad part of town. They're going to have bars on the windows. That's just the way it works. I was like a 250-pound dude. I was like, because yeah. the pirate captain had gotten out of shape because he had actually, it was a disgraced pirate. So, yeah. Too many oranges for the scurvy. Aye. But, uh, yeah, that that was a fun campaign while it lasted. It yeah. just didn't last very long because of COVID. Oh, I, I loved being the foil because that was an evil campaign, and I was playing a lawful good character. Lawful. I kind of loved being the foil for that because I'm like, yeah. no, 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 See, we're doing this. It, it, it works to have a single foil in a camp. Like, either you have the whole party good and one evil character, you can do it. The whole party bad and one good character, you can do it. It's when the party's kind of split half and half that it's going to break off and you're going to wind up. I want to see, like, the whole party evil and the one good guy doing it. And it's it, what he's doing is he's constantly going around and, like, fixing the mistakes of the evil party. Like, they, kill, they like, stab somebody half to death and he goes, don't worry, I'm going to heal you. Or he's like, here's somebody, go see a doctor. Somebody call this man an ambulance. Yeah, yeah and see, that kind of a thing could work in a campaign. And the same is true where, like, the evil guy goes around behind the party and, you know... <laughs> Changes the map so that you're going to resurrect your your moon goddess instead of <laughs> instead of going to the cobalt treasure cave that or you think you're going. Walking to. into the uh, into a uh, shop with a high level shopkeeper and immediately shooting him with an arrow. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to convince somebody to I don't know give you a plus three buckler for some reason mm-hmm. and slashing well. the throats of a bunch of uh, survivors of a shipwreck <laughs> because <laughs> they were there. Yeah. Just just little things. <laughs> Evil characters can be in a party. We're really good at examples, aren't we? <laughs> it's just if the whole party is that same evil, well, and you're not playing an evil campaign where you're trying to end the world, it's not going to last very long. But that one character who's just off from the rest of the party's agenda can be interesting, can be fun. I, it's, it's just when when that one character, if you're evenly split is where it gets real troublesome. Because then the party's going to split, and you're going to wind up where they're fighting against each other more than, you know, there's no reason to sneak it when you got four other guys right behind you who are helping you cover it up, helping you get the things done. Ah. Yeah, and it it kind of puts a uh, limiter on what you can do, because if you're just being out and out evil, yeah. then they're going to be like, um, you shouldn't be doing that and try and shut you down. Right. And you won't out, you won't like go, well, I'm tired of you and try and kill them because, hey, we tried that too. My character try and killed, uh, tried to kill the entire party at the behest of a dragon and started getting her ass whooped. So she said, no, 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 it was a joke, guys. Let's kill the dragon. <laughs> I don't remember that. 
<laughs> that, that was you. That you was when, t- that's because the pirate captain had run away <laughs> to join the pirate ship. <laughs> you had fucked up down the pirate ship. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that seems like something I would do anyway. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's a chaotic neutral. I think um, if you had to give an alignment to most drunk people playing the game, it would be chaotic neutral. We do our best yeah. to stay on to what we do. I I I don't know. I I think that I think having a foil is great. In every setting, but you also need like NPCs that are foils too, yeah. because you need somebody to kind of like counteract you. Like if you're doing a bunch of bad things, you need uh, the good guy to kind of constantly be running in behind you to stop you. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Right. Yeah. Then that that's what your either your your big bad or I guess in an evil campaign you'd have a big good. That's what they're there for. They they are a foil in that an NPC foil in that way. Yeah. Yep. But uh, you know, sometimes having one in the party. Who, like I said, who has their own agenda? It's not necessarily that they're evil. Like they're gonna like derail the entire well, like, campaign, looking I don't know for some random NPC with a weird M name. I don't <laughs> know. Sounds like Murphy, Morgan, Morgan. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that was like um, that same campaign where I slashed the throats and fought the uh, the um, the party. Uh, we went up a tower. I'm a glad this tower. is a podcast about D and D because this would be really awkward. <laughs> A certain tower where a certain paladin killed a guy. Um, he didn't kill anybody. <laughs> yeah. uh. the, the stairs, com- the stairs committed fall damage to him. I was just like, "Oh no!" Uh, you pulled the one who hit him. It's at least manslaughter. Yeah. <laughs> um, didn't do anything. But at that same time, my character was missing for most of that fight because she was off raiding a uh, vault and taking that no, money no. to her. Uh, Eventual lover. You want to know why yeah. your character was missing for most of that fight? Because I played the most World of Warcraft paladin I could ever think of. It was a Leroy Jenkins moment where I ran all the way up the tower. And I was like, all right, cool. Now we're going to go all the way back down. And I had Sanctuary on me so nobody could hit me because I had a pretty decent modifier even for a paladin. So I was yeah. like, all right, let's take it where it is. But if, if somebody dies during a committing of a crime, it's still manslaughter. I was not committing You're a crime. trespassing at the very least. Yep. You can't trespass in a place that doesn't have any rules. They even had rules. Where are the yeah. where were the rules of the tower located? I, uh, I'm pretty sure that was a government f- prison facility. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. It would have been labeled government prison facility I, on the I outside. I think it was. Yeah, because we were going to break out the uh, the one chick that was held there that we needed yeah. help from. Imagine if we had the money to like sponsor that. This would be like where it cuts away, and it's just like me walking up past a giant sign that just says government facility. It's got blinking lights pointing yeah. to it. Area 51, stay out. <laughs> it's the raid on Area 51, the Paladin. <laughs> oh, man, I really wish I could remember that character's name. He's in an Oathbreak. Uh, no, he's a Paladin of... He's the pacifist one. Pa- yep. Yeah, the pacifist the, Paladin. Uh, Oath of Peace or Oath Something of... Something like that. Serenity. I don't remember what it is off the top of my head. Um which uh, it was it was a, it was an oath so that's a, that's a that's actually a question uh, i've been pondering redemption, but i think it's no, redemption. redemption's the the batman it's batman uh, maybe devotion it might be devotion yeah, yeah. but that, that's a question i had been pondering that really doesn't come up in any other episode yeah, topic i can think of is um what's a class or subclass you just have no interest in playing bards any of them <laughs> I, okay, but what's your real answer? <laughs> bards, any of them. They're like anything I can. Uh, we've had this argument with me before. Anything I can do with a bard, I would monks. just rather do something else. Why monks? I don't like monks. They, what? they, they, they don't fit to me, to the setting. Why? And unless you're playing, a, you know, like a, 
an Eastern oriented. I don't even, no, I think that because I I think the way the monks are designed a little bit yes because you're thinking of we're yeah. all thinking of like Tibetan monks but I think if you played them more like I, I think if we if they were more not le- less hand to hand more kind of like mace and sceptery kind of way you would see them kind of like I don't know Catholic monks which you would kind of expect to see a little bit more so I could see your argument you see but I the the type of monks that you're thinking of would be more what the paladins actually are. The church knights. Yeah, but those are, with, or, you know, when like I think the, of Pal- the Knights Templar were technically monks. So, yeah, so you have you have a paladin that's more, paladins are wearing, like, heavier yeah. armor. They're more like the, the upfront knights, but the monks themselves were guys that actually kind of, like, maintained the church and the monasteries and stuff like that. Yeah, so. but they're not, they're not the fighting monks of right. D&D. Well, I mean, some monks actually did learn to fight. They still had to, uh, for the... There was a, a great book series by uh, R.A. Salvatore that was um, his Demon Wars uh, follow-up. And one of the characters in there was actually a monk that was he used unarmed fighting, but he fought more like a pugilist than anything else. Yeah, And that's like your type of, you know, traditional yeah, and it, monk, it, Christian they, monk. Personally, I don't like the monks because, one, mechanically, most of the monks don't scale well. They're good in like the low first three or four levels because they get, you know, the the fury of blows and that kind of stuff real early on, but as they go up higher in levels, it, their damage doesn't scale with them. No, they're they become decent ranged characters, but you, then you lose out on your flurry of blows and that kind of thing. Yeah, I I, I can understand that point. Like they really do have a scaling issue, but yeah, and it, you know, I prefer my characters for a long thing. run. And, and of, like I said, I, I, I've, I've played monks. I will probably play monks again, but they are probably my least general uh, monk class. And, and when you get into the monk subtypes, they've got some of the worst subtypes, They too. do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're looking uh, at, I, I, I can see that with the sun one, that the one they tried turning into Goku, and then they also had the one, uh, the brewmaster monk. Which I would argue cool. those are some of the good ones compared to the crap that is the elemental one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they were trying to make the avatar. But they failed miserably. They yeah. should have turned the wizard. Or, or the they open hand. Like, yeah, the open. No, the open hand's pretty good. I like uh, the quivering palm one. Like that, it, it sucks that that's like the, the far and down line. It's they shouldn't have changed the kensei. The yeah. kensei in the UA could use any weapon as a kensei weapon. That meant you could go spinning around like a top with a great sword. Now, I yeah. liked attacking people yeah. with yo-yos. But that, um, yeah, I yeah. like monks, but yeah, I do see that their efficacy in later. Little yeah. levels is entirely based on their luck of rolls and ranged weapons. What say he, Bog? What would you not play? I actually, I'm not a fan of druids or paladins, and it's not a mechanical thing; it's a thematic thing. Just not my type of character. Um, I just played a druid for the first time in fifth edition as a one shot series. It was actually a two shot in May of this year. That's how long it's been since I've and I've played Five E since shortly after it came out. That's how long it's been since I pick uh, I picked a druid, and then my only paladin was in that short-lived evil campaign. I, it just it's not my style of character. Um, I've played rangers more than I've played druids. Rangers seem more interesting to me than druids do, and. If I want to play a paladin, I'll play a cleric. Yeah, if I had to, if I had to pick one myself, and that wasn't the bard, which clearly, um, if I had to pick something that wasn't the bard, I'd honestly say it'd probably be the ranger. I think the ranger just is so lackluster in what it's trying to do. 
I think it's it's trying to be good at everything else that the, like all the martial classes versus being like one of the ma- magic classes. See, and and I, I don't know. My my love for the ranger may come from the old editions mm-hmm. because in in the second edition, D and D ranger that ranger was the class that everybody wanted to play. But you had to have, like the Paladin, you had to have special stats and special circumstances to even be able to try to play a Ranger um, because they they were a specialized class underneath the fighter. Yep. Yeah. Two of the um, most two of the most badass characters in Forgotten Realms are technically Rangers, even though now they're switched over to fighters or other things. Yeah. Uh, Dritch Doerden was a Ranger, and Minsk was a Ranger. I mean, I remember playing Baldur's Gate and seeing Ranger for Minsk, yeah. but yeah, it was true back in the day. He was a, a Ranger. Yeah. I would rather see like the fighter be the the base class, and like actually Paladin and Ranger be a break off of the a fighter. Sub, yeah, a subclass. That's and that's the way it was in the old editions. Was they were subclasses of fighter, um, which then you know just like the arcane, uh, or sorry, the Eldritch Knight. Eldritch Knight. Thank you. I was blanking on. Thinking arcane trickster for the rogue, but Eldritch Knight and the the Battlemaster are you know are nowadays. You, you could almost make a ranger with today's Eldritch Knight by picking Magic Initiate and taking Hunter's Mark. We don't yeah. talk about Magic Initiate, <laughs> but it's a part of the game. <sighs> but no, like I think that the range, like I think that if we actually based instead of trying to make what is there like nine classes right now. Uh, well, they, are you adding the artificer? Uh, yeah, man, 13. No, 13, 13. 13. Man, I was way the hell off. So there's 13 classes, right? Uh, I think I think that's a little much. What if you break broke it off? Like that sorcerer was a, every all magic classes are based off the wizard, well, and what you take, what spells you take that, as a wizard would make you. And I, I get it; that's the way it was in yeah. old editions. But nowadays, I think if we reverted back to that. You wouldn't have to like add like all these different subclasses out there. You would just you know kind of like druid used to be a subclass of cleric, a specialized Mm -hmm. cleric, a nature cleric basically. You know the ranger and the paladins were subtype specialists of the fighter. Uh, You know the the bard was actually a specialist subtype of the rogue. Yeah. You know there were really only four classes, and all everything else was a subtype. Back then, Bard was the only way you could have magic as a road, a rogue. Yeah, yep. yeah. But uh, you know, they've the the game has gone away from that, where they've they're trying to distinguish these subtype these the they want more classes, and, and they they big put big press releases out when they did the uh, artificer as the first new D and D completely new two D and D class released for for 5e cuz all the other ones existed in previous editions. Yeah. Artificers have existed but never as their own class. So they mm-hmm. kind of cheated. But you know, they made a big press release about putting they've put out a new class never before available in D&D and that's a big press thing for Wizards of the Coast. So I I think you're going to see them go the opposite direction. Yeah. I think we'll see more Different if they subclass. Ever, if they I ever mean, figure out psionics, I'm sure they're going to make a return. I, I just like they, they've got a lot of like subclasses now that are like mm-hmm. it's getting kind of over and cumbersome. Like yeah. some of the different ones that you can choose from. Like they're really cool ones, but some of them are just like, oh, let's th- let's just throw this class a bone, and then that class doesn't get like half the love that it should. I mean, some of the warlock ones are just kind of like the undying warlock uh, yeah. and the undead warlock. Well, no. yeah, one is to fix the problems with the other. The other one just solves it. Yeah. I'm just saying. The Hexblade one needs 
more work. It needs to be reworked a little bit, and I have my complaints about that. Um, but and then look at it. You've got all the like. How do you really add schools for the wizard? You really covered all the classes right there. You should just really add to what the wizard can do, and, basically. And worse with the the wizards. You know, each school when you choose that school, you get bonuses specifically for spells of that school. Well, if you got a new school that didn't exist when the PHB was issued, some of these spells there's no war school spells mm-hmm. in the PHB. So, you know, if you've taken that as your specialization, you're not going to get the, I mean, they come out, they, they reroute it with giving you it for evocation or yeah. some other, I, I'm not looking at the rule book right now, but the, they, uh. they reword or get around it, but you're not, there is, you're not going back and relabeling every spell and saying, this is a war spell. This is not a war spell. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. we, we, like, I think if we just brought it back, like. I mean, we're, they may- we're, we're we're branching. We're getting so branched off that we're looking at an entire root system surrounding a septic tank instead of just like, all right, well, let me just cut the tree and just leave the roots. The roots well, will die. And also, and you know, some of the things that I used to like with the old editions, you know, if you were a, a wizard that took a specialization, your opposite school, you couldn't take spells of that. You would get bonuses. Say, if you were a necromancer, you would get bonuses to your necromancy and get better necromancy spells. But you couldn't take the restoration, yeah, things like life giving, yeah, yeah uh, spell class spells because they were counter to your your specialization, and that's why you had the generalist who could do everything, and then the specialist who would be better at some things but not others, and it, it you know made a, a balance of the different kinds of magic users, yeah. But they got rid of that because they don't they don't like negatives in five e, yeah. They're getting rid of. The negatives on stats, they're getting rid of negative, you know, they, they don't want to limit you at all. They want it to be as free form and as open and as easy. Which I, I'm all about easy, but things have to have, like, something, like, you can't just, we've, we've had this argument in the past where you're running out there and they're like, oh, here's a trophy just for walking. You're like, okay, yeah. I really didn't do anything. Versus, like, you know, I, the biggest reason I love playing World of Warcraft Classic is it's tough, but yeah. once you finally get something, you get that talent point, you're like, man, this is really hard. This really makes up for like all this hardcore leveling I've had to do. And well, that's, now that's something I like about Dark Souls. You have to work for everything in Dark Souls. I hard. Would, I that's would, a drinking game I, right there. I've mentioned before, mentioned my, my, one of my favorite games is Final Fantasy Tactics because of the way they do their classes and leveling system where you would have, you know, you in, in order to become a black mage, you had to first get three levels of chemist or alchemist, you know, to become uh, well, you a summoner. To... You had to have three levels of alchemist, three levels of black mage, three levels of white mage. Or I don't remember. Don't quote me that those are the exact breakdowns. Well, they used to have that kind of system too in uh, Final Fantasy fourteen, but because the game has gotten so far down the line in levels, they're like, sure. oh, we, we got to streamline this a little bit. Because you used to be back when I started playing in about two thousand twelve. I was talking to my cousin about this the other day um, that you when we started playing was right around a realm reborn right into heaven sword and you actually had to go spend had to go do 30 levels of black mage or of thamertage and then f- at least 15 levels of uh archer before you could become the black mage and i i like that i like spending time doing one class yeah. so if i had to spend so much time as a fighter and branch off and yeah. before i became a paladin so, like so i got to spend time so if at, you had to spend 3 levels as a, a fighter and two levels as a cleric in order to become a paladin, you would have to earn it to be a paladin. Yeah. 
And that's the thing. It's like, what are you doing in your downtime? I don't think that we spend enough uh, enough time on the downtime of what our characters do because we sit there and I th- haven't we talked about this before? Yeah, we we've we've done some downtime stuff. And and that's the thing. I think we if you spent more time on what your character did in the downtime and gave them more life, and that's what you really do. Like, you know, you have a fighter that's you know had a hard life, but he knows that you know he needs somebody to talk to. So what does he do? He goes and repents for his sins and his kills. When he's doing the, uh, when he's, you know, he's going to church. And Father O'Malley's like, well, son, let me tell you about God and how he can help you. And you're like, oh, you know what, Father O'Malley? I think that's good. And that's how he became a paladin. Or you have that fighter who was like, I, I, I've tried my best to protect people as much as I can. It's not doing enough. And then you hear a little voice in your ear going, well, I can give you power. I can give you help. And, and now then, you have a hexblade warlock. Yep. I, I don't know. I think the warlock still has to be like somebody was making an argument why they think that the uh, warlock should be a martial class. Uh, I, that, that's a conversation for another time. Yeah, that, yeah. That I could see. I've always thought the warlock should be one that you can't start as, mm. that you have to role play into. That's a hard role play though, because yeah. like especially if you have, like a limited magic campaign, like how are you supposed to do that? Like if you have a limited magic campaign, how are you really going to do that? Well, you, you, if you that that would be the best campaign to do it because that would be one of the only ways to get magic mm-hmm. would be to sell your soul to a de- demon or you would have to you know role play a deal of some kind yeah but uh, like when did, when does that come across like when are you just walking down oh my god here we go into the feats yeah. again we're not well, doing that, this yeah. we're not doing this you're not getting said, the, i see what you do well, there we could do a whole show on that uh, or like a whole what was it like 30 minutes of me yelling <laughs> at you guys about why we're not doing that Minor invocation. No. <laughs> but, I, like, so, yeah, like, I think that some of these classes, what, what if you did that? Think about that for the next campaign that we do. Mm-hmm. What if we do it where we do the three, ba- you have, because uh, it's the fighter, the cleric, and the wizard, right? Those and you the would, rogue. And the, what, well, the rogue, rogue is, yeah, the rogue was one of the original four. Okay, so now you have those four. Now you have to base your actions Choose what you do. So everything that you do, elf, human, dwarf, and magic user. If we're gonna get oh, basic, yeah, basic D and D. I don't <laughs> want to go that basic. What yeah. I want to see is like I want to see the four that you have. So you have, uh, like I said, so you have rogue, cleric, fighter, wizard, right? So your actions and the choices that you make as those classes, uh, as those four, every mm-hmm. time you level allows you to do something more into one uh, one of those other things. So let's say as a Cleric, you were talking about how clerics used to be the original druids. They would just be more natured. So what do you do? During my downtime, I go out to nature, and I enjoy the beauty of it, and I start contemplating the life. All right, so now you get access to, like, level one nature spells. And it, it, it kind of makes it think you think more. I, I, I feel like this is going to empower your role play because you're going to think about what does my character do? What bring, makes them unique and special? Yeah, well, but that goes back to where you're... you're complicating the system to the point where especially with a large party like what we have I think keeping could... track and scoring that and and mm-hmm. keeping it fair and balanced to the you know you're taking the time and going to nature and learning this extra bonus on your downtime whereas bulg is spending his downtime getting drunk in the bar you I, know? i'm hearing a barbarian yeah that's i, I mean well, they have systems that do this kind of thing uh, basic role playing, GURPS, anything that uses a use the skill to get this skill point type system, that's what that is. Yeah. That's how you build your character. I think that you can. I think that what we're missing though on that is is the fact that you can actually 
you got to put that on the players. Let yeah. the players decide what their downtime. Your downtime doesn't have to be done at the table. Hey, after everybody's packing up, hey, don't forget, guys, go in, Facebook, Discord, all these other apps that we've talked about in the past. You can sit there and go, hey, man, go tell me what you did in your downtime. Yeah. And then you as a DM while you're sitting there, you know, playing that game that that um, that game that we won't mention. That's what I, I, I don't really know what to call it other than that without actually doing it. So you're playing that while you're sitting around and you then get to read their stories yeah. and you go, oh, okay. So you tell them, hey, look, you've you've done enough time. So it means a little bit extra work on it, but you're already doing that as a DM. You're already planning right. this out. So you give them like, hey, I want you to think about be, making the, like they're going to do the stuff that makes them to be the character they want to be. If I'm a wizard, right. I'm going to go. As a DM, if you're spending 10 minutes per player going through this, party of three, that's not too bad. That's 30 minutes. Party of eight, you're now at a I'm not hour at, and twenty minutes. I'm not asking you to bulk out an yeah. entire story where he's got a whole light novel and he's expecting you to read it in a day. No, hey, look, excuse me, seven short stories. Thank you very much. Yeah, it ends up <laughs> turning into a series, and you're like, oh man, yeah. I'm kind of invested in these characters now. I'm all I'm saying is, it's like well, I want a paragraph about what you it, did right. in your downtime. But it's, even just the paragraph, and it's short. You take time. You talk to them about it. You go through. Okay, this is what you got out of it. This is, you know, okay, from now on, just that little conversation with each of the players at the start of your game, I said, call it five minutes. I can Times eat. eight players. How, how, we spend a lot of That's time 40 with... That's 40 minutes. We, no, I don't even think it's... Like, I think if you're spending five minutes on that, yeah. you're spending way too much time. And that's... It, You've got a minute to tell me what you did in your downtime. Go. Yeah. It's on the DM, but it's also on the player. We've got we players build. at our table that wouldn't spend that time. I, look, they wouldn't do it. We've got, look. They they spend. You got to put a little bit on it. We put a lot on DMs. I don't think we put yeah. enough on our players. Like we, we really do. We put so much. And when the D, like <laughs> if talking you about flashbacks to episodes. <laughs> yeah, man, dude, man, this is a, uh, the drinking flashback charisma warlock episode. Man, this is one all over the place. But here's what I'm talking. Here's what I'm saying. We don't we don't put enough on the players that we give them enough chance to. We don't give them enough chance. To do things, all right, or not? Sorry, it's not that we give them enough chance to do things. I'm messing up the whole argument. It's that we don't put enough on the players to actually do the things that they're supposed to do as players. Like take care of themselves. Take care because you got to take care of yourself as a player. You got to take care of that character sheet. Oh, I, I lost my character sheet. Oh, you got to create a new character. <sighs> all right, no, get, put some pep in your step. All right, maybe just not even show up to this game. Like, and I hate to punish a player like that, but at the same time, I have ca- players that are doing the right thing that are trying to take care of these things. So. If the story sucks, the first person they're going to run to and tell you, oh, the DM story sucked, things like that. But it's not maybe that the DM story sucked. is maybe you weren't paying attention and you missed clues and you were doing all this. Right. What were you doing as a player? This is kind of like a, a, a weird responsibility kind of conversation. But at the same time, give the players a little bit of work. Right. They've got to do something too, all right? They're, how often do we want to we – we were talking about it at dinner too. Uh, how often do we not like being the DM? Because everybody wants to be a player. When we had the guys from uh, Red Dragon Studios in here, we've had tact- uh, we've had James from tact- uh, Tacticious, and they're talking about it. You know, the pl- the DM's there for the players, but the players need to be there for the DM too. Yeah. So that um, damn it, just flew right in my head. Train of thought went bye bye, uh, but it was a a thought what we were talking about on the on the car ride to lunch. Um, gosh, it seriously left my head. <laughs> But yeah, that'd be a. a we're we're already, you know, on a, a typical game, three to four hours for a typical session. 
Right. Yeah. If if we cut thirty minutes to handle this you in between have down a week, sometimes right. you have more than two weeks. Okay. What it was a couple months ago that we mm-hmm. went like it was like almost two to like a whole month that we didn't have a plan. You're telling me you couldn't have found thirty minutes on a Saturday that you were already asking people, "Hey, what do I? What are we gonna do this weekend?" Oh, I guess I'll just sit at the house. All right, man, you got five minutes. Take five minutes right so you, now. You want to do it all completely offline, is what you're saying? That's what it was. Okay, okay. The uh, <laughs> the uh, the how bad you of a phrase? Uh, how bad of a phrase is that's what my character would do. That's what we were discussing. I don't know if we want to get into that. Not now. Not now. That's a whole conversation for a dangerous time. But. Let's get dangerous. One of the things that's expected of players is is taking notes for a campaign. But what if the reason you're not taking notes is because your (laughs) barbarian has an intelligence of six? What does that stop the player from taking notes? Just because because your character's a, a dumbass doesn't mean you're a dumbass. Because there should be other, by that logic, there should be other people at the at the uh, table taking notes. So you what? should still take notes so you understand stuff. Because you're not going to catch, not everybody going to catch things. I'm going to tell you, I worked in radio a long time, and I've caught cuss words that other people haven't, and the same goes and vice versa. And that's what I'm saying is you're going to have, not everybody's expected, but if you have the notes. You know, just because yeah, you, but, you have a wizard that's probably smart and he's probably taking other notes, so you should be taking notes anyway. And he goes, uh, you know, we had this on the scroll. I know you mentioned it. And you go, oh, yeah, by the way, here it is. And you give them the note. You as a character don't have to give out the note, but you as a player can. It's a very dangerous phase is what my character would do. That's a whole conversation. All I'm saying is, is that if you give the players, the players need to have a little bit of work. Right, I'm not. At, I'm not saying they got to come up with this whole campaign setting. Most of them spend a good, a good thirty, forty minutes writing out a character backstory to tell you who they are and why they're gonna punch you to death. Okay, that's great. Here's what I want to want you to do in the meantime. Tell me how you spent your downtime so we can see the path unfold for you. I mean, because it, it's gonna change. It does make it a lot easier to role play that I have no idea what's going on. If I have actually no fucking idea what's going on. I mean, that's okay. <laughs> but it. See, I, and- you know, I, in, I in the end, this is a game. That. I'm sorry, I was drinking it, beer. What? Yeah, in the end, this is a game, not a job. It's you know? not a job, so, but I'm saying if you take five minutes, you're you're already taking four yeah. hours out of your life to play the game. Take a few extra minutes. Right. It's not. I'm I'm not saying you got to go spend thirty or forty minutes writing down this entire like lengthy episode like you're trying to sell it to Warner Bros or something. Yeah. I'm all I'm asking but, is take five minutes, write half a paragraph. But without something already mapped out in the rule books or with you know how how much meditating in the woods equals extra spells in nature. That's where I'm gonna give it up uh, to you the know. I, that's where I leave it up to the DM's discretion. Yeah. Which but that, that's gonna take it the DM is gonna have to work something out. And balance that between the cleric and between the barbarian so that they're getting equal time and equal advantages. and Every different class and every different situation. Are you trying to get super deep? If you're a super detailed DM, yeah, it's going to probably take you. But if you're sitting there and he goes, all right, he's probably spending some time out in nature. Let's, you know, tell, you know, he's probably trying to go down the path of being a a druid. Okay. You can take that from a couple sentences. I can, two sentences. Is that hard? We can all write two sentences. Yeah. What did you do in your downtime? I hung out and got drunk and got in a bar fight. All right. Well, it uh, sounds like they may be trying to go to Barbarian. And you can talk with the player, too. Pick up the phone. Talk to your players. Yeah. I mean, yeah. but e- even you have rules that were instituted in earlier games that we don't even use anymore. Or making up spells, writing scrolls, that kind of stuff we don't do. Yeah. 
when we yeah, did I, it in I, the first game. I put the effort in in my games to put in rules for, you know, if you want to make your own spell from scratch that's not something that's in the books. I've got rules in my system. That's okay. That's in my zero session every time for the players to take advantage and create these spells. But you know how often they've done it? Not often, because it's kind of like a difficult process. It's not even that difficult. It's, it's not, just yeah. it's just explaining it and doing what you said, two sentences to the DM, and yeah. <laughs> nobody's really doing yeah, it. Nobody bothers to do it. Okay. So then you lose out on your downtime, and when you're stuck as a cleric for the entire time, it's like, look, I've you know, explain it in the zero yeah. session. Explain it in the zero session. I'm not asking for you to come out and say in the middle of a game right. and go, all right, here's what's going to happen. No, I'm saying in the middle of a zero session, say, hey, or in the beginning of the zero session, you go, hey, this is how it's going to kind of yeah. work. I just need two sentences from you. All right, I I know plenty of these guys that are sitting around. I guarantee if I looked on right now, I could see how many people are playing World of Warcraft, what they're doing on Discord, things like that. Maybe even mention them on Facebook. Hey, anybody want to get together and see a movie tonight? And how many of them going to, oh, yeah, I could definitely go do that. Think about that. All I'm asking is take five seconds, two sentences, hung out at a bar. It doesn't even have to be a complete sentence as long as it's a sentence. Hey, I hung out at a bar. I got no fight. But that's that's why they do it now this way, why it's so approachable that the casual player doesn't have to put in that type of work. The DM doesn't so, have to so put maybe in that I'm type arguing, of work. So, all right, so yeah. I'm not arguing on behalf of the casual. I think I'm arguing I'm more uh, arguing the against uh, the hardcore like we are. Yeah, but this game, 5th edition, is built more to be approachable for a more casual player. Yeah. Where if, if, and that's We have de- started campaigns where we were farmers to begin with. Yep. And had to go from there. So you're going to tell me that we can't do it from, uh, we're giving you a little bit more of a buff at the start of the game? I'm, I'm not, not saying, saying that we personally yeah. couldn't do it. I'm just saying it may not be a good idea that's, as a general. So I think that's where we're at, though, yeah. is that me, I'm trying to argue on the behalf of us as a group versus, you know, as a, as a whole. And I can see where, yeah, definitely as a whole, this is probably a bad argument. But us as a group, it's probably a better argument. For us, it may work. But even but I think we even, have people in our, our group. Yeah, I was going to say, even our group, I could think of probably three members of our group who would choose not to participate. And if you and I are drinking, it's not going to come across that <laughs> that uh, intelligible oh, when no, we're trying I, no. to write shit down, you know? I, I, I write pretty intelligible. Like, I'm pretty legible and verbal when I'm drunk, even even yeah. when I'm slurring a little bit. Yeah, but you know, if in our group of eight would probably drop down to a group of five pretty quickly if we tried to implement something. It's already been dropping Drop. like rocks, so yeah. I don't even want to get on that one. So I, me, my situation is hopefully turning around that I'm going to actually have a few more so as I can be able to be a, a more ready and available uh, this year than I was last year. But at the same time, I'll, it's just asking more out of the players. I think that's yeah. in the end. This conversation is where I wanted to get to is I, I just want more from the players. If you as a DM are putting in all that work. Why not? I'm not asking for 50 50. It's a DM. I'm asking for maybe at most 80 20. Is that too much? So you're you're saying that they're not putting in 20% of the work as players? Yeah. 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 I mean, I think that's I think that's fair enough to say. You put in your backstory, and in case of Loke the Bard, he's actually done a really good job of incorporating your backstory. And some players have putting in a lot of work towards their backstories. I, you, and I both do really well on it. Uh, they're sometimes novels, and it's annoying to read. Both of ours, trust me, I've read both. My, I've gone back and looked. And at I've some gotten of my better ones. about that. I've made intentionally made it short and sweet. So, but here's the thing, though. At the end of the day, you know, he's going off, he's doing these, he's giving characters things that actually play into their backstory, and these characters are sometimes just throwing it away. And it's hard work that he's put in. All Like I said, I think most players uh, in general, 
are doing about 10% back. They're giving about 10% back to the the DMs working 90%. Loke, you're kind of like over there, kind of like shaking your head. Yeah, like you. Well, it, it, I set up, the way I set up my campaigns, you're doing most of your work up front, including myself. Right. I build my campaigns in advance. I get your backstories in advance and build, you know, those those touchstones that, you know, into your backstory in advance. Sometimes um, you actually have to fix it to build the whole world around your backstory. Yeah. So Pirate Captain. I will do that, but then in the weekly game, my weekly games, the way I run my weekly games, it, it's almost an autopilot. It's uh, I'm picking out the monsters you're going to fight. I'll pick the story, you know, where you are in the big outline that you're at story point C, you probably make it to story point D. And, and, you know, so I'm not putting a lot of time into the prep in the week, and I don't expect the players to put a lot in between because you are, as the, the most I expect from them is to have leveled up their character if they leveled up the week before, to have wrote down the treasure they found that's, or the gold they found. And that's barely found. part of a 10% that I'm yeah, talking about. That, that is I, all it, I expect. That if is all I can I get a 20%, for. they would come with their stuff already leveled up from the week before. Got plenty of time throughout the week. You tell me you can't sit while you're sitting there at the table. Well, where I'm arguing is that we put in a lot more percent just on the role play. The DM can toss around stuff that we've done based on our role play. I'm not attacking us as a group, so I want that to go out there. I'm talking in general. Yeah. Um, Most players that I have seen and experienced throughout this world have done 10%. And if 10%, I'm going to be honest, even if 10%, you're probably well beyond what a lot of people are doing. All I'm asking yeah. is that players kind of meet the DMs. I'm not asking you to meet them in the middle. You shouldn't be helping them build a whole world. No, that should be the See, DM's job. I'm asking for 20% of the work. And and I don't ask for that. And I, I, I ask you to show up with your stuff leveled. That's pretty much, and, and have written that down. That would honestly, I'd consider 15% yeah. at the most. 10% yeah. uh, 10% at the least. Yeah, I, yeah. Have, have your character leveled, have written down any treasure or magic items you found the week before so that you you know, you don't forget you had them. And that's it. That's and show up. That that those are all I need from a player. That's like 10%. Yeah, I, I'll give you a recap of what happened. I'll I'll fit you into the story. Uh, you know, I don't need I don't need the the extra. All I need is that little bit. So, and I guess where my argument is coming in is that I'm seeing it more of prep as 40-10. DM puts in 40, players put in 10, which is right at That's that 80-20. You, you can't do a percent. can't do a percent out of like not a whole hundred. 50% is in-game interaction. Because not, that'll that'll it, assign in, the prep for the next improv session. Is what he, yeah, he's improv, saying the improv yeah. this week is part of your prep. Yeah, yeah cuz it's uh, the it, but the you actions don't know, of last you don't know week your char- you don't know what your character's going to end up having to do this week. Exactly. That's that's why it's important to the next week's prep. Improv is all about doing something on the spot though. So that can't be 50% because you don't know what you're going to be doing on that spot. You don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. The only person that's that knows why it's not is prep. the DM and that's the 80%. Uh, I yeah. okay, so you guys are saying prep is the whole percentage. I'm saying the game it's itself. Not, yeah, we're we're talking just the prep the percent just, from the time you stop playing so the time you start playing again, yeah, the then, actions you take. Then by my that. math, I'm agreeing with him, eighty twenty. Yeah, thank you. That's all I needed. All yeah. right, guys, that's it for us right now. I do want to go ahead and throw out again to our guys at the Red Dragon Studios or Red Dragon Workshop Studios. Those guys right there, they are very important to us. They have. They brought in that great statue. They do a lot of stuff. They've actually created the Chef Bolg mini. Uh, I have a Pirate Captain mini I'm getting ready to send them, and more than that. With that being said, make sure you go and follow us on the Chef Bolg and the Chef Bolg and the Pirate Captain. 
can't talk right now. Chef Bolg and the Pirate Captains, Recipes for Everything Facebook. Make sure you email us with any questions, gripes, concerns, bolgandpc at gmail.com. That being said, say goodbye, Bolg. Goodbye, Bolg. And say bye, Loke. See ya. Bye, guys. Bye. We appreciate you listening to Chef Bolg and the Pirate Captains, Recipes for Everything, featuring Loke the Bard, of course. Make sure you go find us on Facebook to see what old concoctions Bolg is cooking up in the kitchen. And if you want your emails read, then email us at bolgandpc at gmail.com. And as always, happy adventures. Yarrr.